Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Experimenting with these exercises, one is able to discover the sweetness and the beauty that lies in knowing the self. The more I know myself, the more I'm able to maintain the awareness of my true identity and move away from all the different compartments and limitations that I have imposed on myself. The image that we generally have of ourselves is a fairly negative one, but that's simply because We don't know who we are, and so we allow external influences to restrict our thinking and put us into boxes and create bondages and feel the pain of those bondages. Meditation is the method of liberation, of becoming free from the false impositions that I have created for myself and I have accepted in terms of what the world has imposed. It is important to experiment with these ideas, sitting quietly, in solitude, in silence within. However, it is equally important to experiment with these concepts during our day-to-day activity. Having had a glimpse of the identity of the self, then, when it's time to leave my little corner of meditation and move into the world outside, I must learn to maintain this awareness of being a point of light, using the physical instrument to look out into the world, using the lips to express my thoughts and ideas, to communicate with others, being the master, listening to the information that I receive, but being the master Deciding, discerning what it is which has value, what it is that will enhance my own awareness, retaining that information, communicating that information, but also being able to filter out that which will pollute my mind, that which will cause my feelings to become corrupt, so that I maintain the integrity of this experience of eternal consciousness. Both things are aligned together. My time in silence, experiencing the eternity of the self, but using this awareness in my day-to-day activity. If through the day I maintain this awareness, then whenever there is a moment at which actions can finish, I could turn inwards and come to the state of Om Shanti and the awareness of Om Shanti, the awareness of peace, 
is also then expressed through the work that I do during the day. Om Shanti. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Keep the Faith by Lucinda Drayton. And it's an appropriate song for the times that we're in. This morning, we held a collective virtual meditation together at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's a combination of music and silence, but it was also more importantly for us to look deeper within ourselves to see 
where our own personal spiritual virus might be and how we can get rid of those negative thoughts and patterns during this time because many of us will now have a lot more time to do the things we've always wanted to do. One is to work on the self and to help build better relationships from the renewed sense of self. We want to thank you for joining us on America Meditating Radio. We hope you and your family are safe and emotionally and mentally not feeding into the intensity of what's happening. Yes, it is happening. Yes, be very cautious, be very aware. And also remember, the soul is immortal. It's eternal. And so what you choose to think at this time will feed it energy or it could also decrease its energy. So I want you to try to find a place within yourself that you can call it your safe spot. You know, that spot within you that all hell can be breaking loose, but you're safe here. For me, it's my connection to God. That's my safe spot. So whether it's producing the radio show or even though we've closed down both of our museums, we're still available with programs and classes, phone calls, family, community. We're still on board. It's just that life's going to change, and we're going to need to find the best way to combat what we're dealing with. So the best bet against coronavirus, what is that? With the global community keeping a watchful eye on the spread of this virus, many people are wondering how best they can actually protect themselves. So integrative health and functional medicine expert Kristen Grace C. McCrary says skip the face mask and focus on boosting your immune system. Kristen is an internationally recognized author and speaker. She is an authority on autoimmunity, functional blood chemistry, analysis, thyroid and gut health, resolving blocks to healing, and food as medicine. She specializes in integrating mind, body, and spirit in healthcare through a uniquely individualized approach. She has a new book. It's entitled Holistic Keto for Gut Health. It's a program for resetting your metabolism. And know your blood, know your health. Prevent disease and enjoy vibrant health through functional blood chemistry analysis. Today we welcome Kristen Gracie to the air. Thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. Hi, Sister Janet. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm. You must be very busy at this time because I'm pretty sure people are coming to you to really look for some advice as to how best to help them to deal with what's going on. I would love to hear from you personally. What do you think, Kristen Gracie, about what all of this is happening around the country and the world? How are you feeling personally? Well, uh, for me, I'm focusing on the positive and not getting caught up in the fear, but also looking at the reality of the situation and given the stage at which we are in within the situation. And I find myself wanting to boost immunity and also looking beyond just what's good for me, but looking at what's good for the community and what's good for the system. I don't believe that this particular virus is uber deadly. It's not like H1N1. It's not Ebola. It's a different strain. And yes, the elderly are more sensitive and there is real threat. And if we are mindful and we can understand that the healthcare system that we currently have cannot possibly care for all of the people who are coming down with this virus in the next several weeks to months, and we are proactive, then we can slow the rate of the infection. And in the summertime, it's likely going to drop 
because of how heat impacts it. So these are the things going on in my mind and in my community and as I'm working with patients and, you know, I had an issue with my house and my maintenance guy was going to come over to fix it and he says, I'm feeling like I have the flu. I said, no, stay home. Keep your family at home. (laughs) I know I had some friends in California. I was there for an event and they canceled it, so I came back two days earlier. And she was like, oh, Jen, just come over and see me. I have a cold. I was like, what? Are you not listening to the news? (laughs) So it's such an interesting way that we're communicating with each other now, and I'm just hoping that we're going to learn and evolve from this. The coronavirus is dominating the news right now, and I know that they're giving the best advice and the best news that they could possibly find, but how does your view of illness, for example, differ from that of your conventional counterparts, a Western medical physician, for example? I think my view of illness as well as health is quite different. I'll start with the health piece. I believe that health is more than just the absence of disease or symptoms, that health connects mind, body, and spirit. Health is more than I don't have any pain in my body. Health is about a vibrancy, about energy, It's as if you can glow. Health means a lot more than just the absence of disease. And that's a very different philosophy than most Western medical doctors and even naturopaths. And so when I look at that, it impacts my view, informs my view of illness as well. And I don't necessarily believe that all illness is bad. I gave a talk at a large health convention on fevers and fevers being a very important and natural immune response that helps kill the bad guys when we have a flu or a bug or a virus or bacteria, and that fevers aren't always bad. And so I'm working towards educating more and more people to better understand how our bodies are designed to take care of these bugs we are exposed to and how to work with our immune systems in a different way which leads into the first book, which does focus on repairing the gut because the gut is the throne of our immune function. Could you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that? I mean, is what's happening in my gut, that's going to affect my whole body? Absolutely, yes. So your gut houses about 75% of your immune responses. And having a healthy gut means your immune system is likely strong and able to better fight things off. When we fight things off, we're exercising our immune system. In homotoxicology or in biological medicine, we look at the immune system in a different way, and we'd like the immune system to get exercise, so to speak. If people are never sick, and they, you know, for 10, 15 years, I've never had a fever, I'm so healthy, I never get sick, That's actually not accurate. It's a sign of imbalance. It's a sign that your immune system isn't strong enough to create an attack against the bad guys, and they can accumulate. And so people with degenerative diseases, cardiovascular disease, cancer, these different kinds of illnesses are often the ones who say, oh, I never get sick, I'm super healthy, and then boom, they're struck with something very, very tragic. Mm -hmm. During my flight, I was in India, 
Again, I mentioned earlier, I just got back from L.A. I wore my mask not because I thought that would prevent me from picking anything up. I wore my mask so that I wouldn't put my hands in my mouth or in my nose by accident without being aware of it because I was with a lot of people and touching a lot of things. But you said that wearing a mask, it's more important to strengthen your immune system and change your mind about what it means to get sick. So are you saying that mentally that's my protection more than a mask or a glove or a hand sanitizer? Well, I think it's both. So the Mm -hmm. viruses are very, very small, and most of the masks you would pick up at your corner drugstore are not necessarily going to prevent you from getting the virus. Now, it might prevent other people if you sneeze. It's going to help hold things in a little bit and help more prevent if you're ill from you giving it to other people. But there is some evidence that even if you are exposed and you wear a mask, it can dry out your mucosal membranes a little bit more Mm -hmm. and it can actually cause the virus to increase more quickly and gives you less of a chance of rinsing it away, keeping your mucosal membranes moist by drinking water frequently can actually help wash the virus away rather than if you dry yourself out. Interesting. I didn't know that. What are some ways in which we can strengthen our immune system and even some at-home methods that we can help to make ourselves stronger? Well, the first one that a lot of people don't love to hear, but I like to press the, you know, push the envelope a little bit, is to avoid sugar. And this mm. is something we can easily do at home. So sugar what do we, suppresses immune function. Wow. What do we do without chocolate? <laughs> Just get the higher cacao content chocolate, get the pure cacao, add your own natural sweeteners that are not sugary. For example, monk fruit, stevia. Okay. There are other alternatives to sweetening things than say, table sugar, or even honey. People can put a lot of honey in things, and they think, well, it's a natural sugar. It's healthy, and it's actually not. It it acts like fructose in the body, and it, it can cause other challenges with the liver and the balance of insulin in your body. So cutting out okay. sugar, because it suppresses immune function, it suppresses a part of your white blood cell that is in charge of phagocytosis, which is going around and engulfing the bad guys. And when you consume sugar, it can turn those white blood cells off and make them lazy and not do their job well. Okay. Well, no more sugar for me after today. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm so serious. You've said that food can be both medicine and the poison. So how can healing the gut have that impact? I mean, well, actually, you've shared how it can heal. But one of my thoughts now is, let's say that you do already have a health challenge. Is there a way that we can start to turn around that health challenge? Is there like a best first step that we could take to start to just heal ourselves on our own? It's a great question. I'm excited to dive into that. I want to add one more thing about our immune system first, if I may, that we can do at home and that is take vitamin C. There mm. is research on some past viruses like SARS that sit with similar to what we're going through now, and there's really good research on taking vitamin C and even having vitamin C IVs and how it could cut the infection time down and even prevent the infection. So I just want to put mm. that out there to your listeners to 
boost yourself with vitamin C. Liposomal vitamin C is the best delivery, but get it in you however you can. In terms of the gut and food being medicine or a poison, if someone is currently having a health challenge, whether it's allergies or an autoimmune issue or achy joints or gas and bloating, maybe people are getting migraines and they're not sure from where they're arising, there are some first steps. What I feel very called to do and very passionate about is giving people information so that they can be an informed consumer. A lot of people are currently guessing about their health care and their symptoms. And they're going on Google and they're talking to their friends and maybe even talking to some holistic healthcare practitioner or nutritionist who may or may not be really up on research and have the tools to look inside their body. I love an individualized approach. I think it's best. And without seeing what's going on inside your body, you're guessing. So a good first step is functional blood chemistry analysis. And that is a very unique way of both ordering and interpreting a lab where the reference ranges I compare you to are different. They're based on health versus the current reference ranges on a lab that are more based on illness. So if you're falling within normal, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy. So Mm -hmm. I believe that looking inside your body, taking an individualized approach then allows us to take proper action. Now, when I go to the doctor, when I was in India, I had a full check, and they took every blood test that was required. And I actually went in with about four elderly ladies who were all over 70. I'm in my 50s. They all came back with absolutely perfect records. And I was like, well, you know, Sister Jenny, you have to check this. No, this is a little bit too high. This, I was like, what's up? I'm the young one here. You know, this shouldn't be this way. So there's something that you have advocated called functional blood chemistry analysis. Could you share with me what that is exactly and how does this differ from standard lab testing? Yes, as I just mentioned, the reference ranges are different in uh-huh. functional blood chemistry analysis. And this is very, very important to understand. So conventional labs have reference ranges on the lab, but these are mostly based on illness. And in my second book, Know Your Blood, Know Your Health, I go into more detail as to where these reference ranges arose. How did we get these in the first place? So in functional blood chemistry analysis, our reference ranges are different, and they're more based on health. So when we're comparing you to a healthy person versus a sick one, we can rest assured that the results we're finding are more accurate and we can take better action that's more appropriate for what we're seeing. So I can find things that are both subclinical, which would be pre-diagnosis in Western medicine, so people can take appropriate action immediately to prevent suffering. But I can also find the root of people's symptoms which is often Hmm. not the focus in our current Western medical model. It's very much symptom-based, and I love to work with both the root and the symptom. If we're only looking at symptom, we're missing an important part of the picture of someone's health and their life. Yeah, I bet we are. You've written about the dangers of dairy, and yet we've been inundated with dairy slogans that promote 
it as a health food. I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm blessed by not inducing a lot of dairy <laughs> in my system in this lifetime. But what's the real truth? Could you share that? Yes, I too am genetically lactose intolerant. I understand. And so in a way, it has been a blessing. And most people have some degree of lactose intolerance, even if they're not running to the bathroom with diarrhea after they eat dairy. Because after the age of five, most humans no longer produce the enzyme that allows them to digest lactose. And if they're not digesting it, it's causing inflammation and immune dysfunction in their body. There's a lot of interesting research out there on dairy and how it causes inflammation, how the cattle, even if they're organic and free range, have 200 to 400 bovine bacteria and viruses that then our immune systems are required to respond to. It's how we're designed. And it causes immune challenges to have our body responding to a food in that way. So I go into great detail in the book on how dairy really is not a health food. And the dairy industry has done a great job with their slogans. And they're not based in science. They're great advertising. You get much more calcium from leafy greens than you do from dairy because dairy also has phosphorus. And phosphorus binds to calcium and makes it mostly unavailable to humans through that form. Interesting. Do you think that our emotional state in terms of the way we might be feeling about ourselves, does that contribute to our illness, to us getting sick? Because I've heard people who say, I exercise, I do this, I do that, and still I came down with something. Do you think it's connected at a soul level? Sometimes some of our illnesses are really because of the way I've been thinking. Absolutely. And it's not only soul level, it's actually biological. There is a ridiculous amount of research that shows what we think changes our biochemistry. Hmm. Candace Pert wrote a book called The Molecules of Emotion. She was a brilliant scientist and she was the first one to discover these basic molecules of emotion that we have receptor sites on our cells for different chemicals that are associated with different emotional states. It's remarkable. Mm-hmm. So when we change our mind, when we change our thinking, we do impact the physical body. And it also connects to the soul and the soul level in a certain way and what we've come into this life with and the particular lessons perhaps that we're supposed to experience. But since I don't believe getting sick is bad, it doesn't right. necessarily mean that we had a bad thought. But it does mean that our body and our soul is speaking to us, and we may not be listening properly. I love that answer. Kristen Gracie, looking at the corona epidemic that's a global issue, what do you think we're learning? Well, I hope we're learning to think beyond just ourselves. Mm. I hope that we're learning how to learn by watching what's going on in Italy and Korea and how they've handled or not handled well the outbreaks and the consequences of that. I hope that we're looking globally at the impact our actions every day as individuals have in the masses. I'm hoping we're learning to not spiritually bypass scientific data. Mm -hmm. And I hope we're learning how we can 
still remain connected and in community and connected to source and be wise with our actions and the scientific information we have. Yes, me too. It's like the destiny has a way of waking us up in different ways. And I do feel that this is a second chance for us to wake up because it's just an observation, Kristen Gracie. It's like when we still think that we're in control and in charge, still the ego, the attachment, the bullying, the hate, the racism, it's almost as if it still has permission. And now the virus is basically saying you all have an issue. All of you have to fix something inside of you. What is that going to be? And I feel like that's what it's trying to do. Like it's saying you all got to fix something in yourselves. What do you have to get rid of now that's creating more hate and more darkness on the planet? What are you going to do? Beautiful. I think in, in psychosomatics and doing the deeper soul work, I'm reminded of what the beautiful piece you're bringing up, that there is more than just a physical virus. There mm-hmm. are emotional and psychological and spiritual viruses, and they're manifesting in physical form. And hate mm-hmm. and rage and racism, these are all forms of emotional or spiritual viruses in a way. And it's not to say that the physical virus isn't real, but it's to say there's more. And none of us are immune to it right now, regardless of the color of our skin. And how can we continue to love through the barriers that communities or society or even ourselves and what we grew up learning How do we love through those barriers that we have created and bring those walls down to connect and learn and grow and heal and remember our wholeness, remember our light, remember our destiny in a new way? I love that. How do we love through our barriers and break them down? That's beautiful. Kristen Gracie, thank you for all of the wealth of advice that you've offered us today and Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our amazing audience? Anything you'd like us to know? Is there talks? I know in America, I think you're in Costa Rica, right? I am currently in Costa Rica, and a lot of things are changing. I had several speaking engagements in the United States, and those have been canceled. I have more coming up in May and June, and we're kind of waiting to see what happens. One of them is in the U.K., and... So we're on hold and working from home, and I'm doing a lot of Zoom calls to empower people, so I'm available to continue in that way. I guess I want to invite people to live from a place of love and be an informed consumer, Mm -hmm. and please stay home, not because we're afraid of getting sick, but because the medical system, the healthcare system, is in a very short time, in another week or two, if we don't stay home and isolate, going to look like what's happening in Italy. And it will buckle under the weight of so many people getting sick and needing ventilators, and we will not have enough ICU beds. So then if you break a bone because you fell or you accidentally cut the tip of your finger off in your kitchen or you have a heart attack or a stroke, you won't be able to get care. And that affects everyone. And so I invite people to please stay home. Please don't get on airplanes. Please don't go visit family members. Please stay home and do self-care 
and listen to these wonderful radio shows where you can get more information and do it out of love for the world, not because you're afraid, but out of love for our communities and for the doctors and the nurses who are really, really working very, very hard to ensure everyone's getting good medical care. Beautiful. Could you leave us with a website that individuals can find out about some of your online programs? Certainly. GutHappyKeto.com, G-U-T-H-A-P-P-Y-K-E-T-O.com. Sounds perfect. All the very best. Thank you so much for joining us on air. What you shared was really helpful. Thank you so much for having me. Make it a beautiful day. You too. Take care. That was Kristen Gracie, and she has offered us some really good advice. So for more information, if you want some more tips, go and visit her at guthappyketo.com, and let me straighten up her name, Kristen Gracie McCrary. And she was really lovely, filled with a lot of good information, and today, no more sugar. (laughs) Actually, I'm okay without sugar. It's just sometimes you're just not conscious, and so you just do it, like I'll do it in my coffee. I'll put it in my coffee. And actually, I can have my coffee without sugar. And it's a sacrifice that's worth making because I'd love to be around a little bit longer. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same, as Kristen Gracie told us. And please, the officials, stay home. Enjoy your own company. Write a book. Listen to a new genre of music. Learn a language. Learn an instrument. Do spring cleaning. Look for things that you have lost. Throw out stuff that you don't need anymore. Clean up the house. Clean up shop. Call someone that you're not getting along with. It's a great chance. It's a great opportunity to atone for your past right now and to get things back in order. So be well, be kind. Let your light really shine bright and so that you can bring hope to everyone. I'm going to play Kristen Hoffman's Love and Gratitude. I think it's an appropriate song for these times. Take care, everyone.
Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.